What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Thursday, May 6th, 2021. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside Forbes 30 Under 30, a.k.a. the second best baby blues in San Francisco, a.k.a. the engaged one at Tim Gettys. May the 6th be with you, Greg. Oh, there it is. The 6th is I got the 6th day. Isn't that right, Count Dooku? Not from a Jedi. You know what I mean? <laughs> Fuck, I at love you're not from a Jedi, Greg. They it gets Yoda me every time. Big. They got a Yoda <laughs> that big. Everybody's <laughs> having fun over there. You know what I mean? These crazy motherfuckers. <laughs> Yo, How I'm telling you? you, here's the thing, Greg, real quick. Uh, not to go too far into Star Wars stuff, but sure, it's so you. funny that their solution <laughs> in life is to just make a baby version where they're like okay mandalorian what are we gonna do it's a baby fucking yoda the clone Wars show i watched like the first couple episodes what's their thing a baby job of the hut you wouldn't fucking believe it greg but it's a baby job of the hut i watched the first episode of star wars rebels the first couple episodes guess what's in that a fucking baby wookie these motherfuckers know what's up they know what sells so are you Babies. saying we should have all seen Baby Yoda coming a mile away? Because that was that was brand news news to a lot of people. That wasn't something we were all... I mean, I'm sure your Barretts of the world were already predicting it and being like, oh, the Metaclorian count. But, like, you know, everybody else, they didn't see it coming. Yeah, exactly. Huh. How you doing, Tim? I'm doing great. Yeah? Mm-hmm. You ready for some shenanigans? You ready for some news? I'm you ready, ready to hang uh, out? Let's talk about some video games. Greg. This is a Tim Gettys ass show. All right. I know it is. You know, here's the funny thing. A little, a little spoilers, future spoilers for the <laughs> for today's <laughs> episode of, of stories we're going to cover. Yeah. I love that there's just a, a destiny to my life that anytime Nintendo sales financials are going to be talked mm-hmm. about, mm-hmm. I'm on the episode of Games Daily. I love sure. it. It's fantastic. Well, you have to be. You know what I mean? If we need somebody in here to talk about Nintendo, it's going to be you to explain why I still don't have a new Mario Kart and I'm never getting a new one because of this goddamn Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I why? got some thoughts. Well, let's get into it then. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk about the fact that we have more companies joining E3. As if that wasn't enough, Jeff Keighley said, nah, I got Summer Game Fest stuff to talk about. And then, yes, Nintendo financials are out and they are insane. We are going to talk about all of this and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show at patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. Over on patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, you can write in to be part of the show. You can get the show ad-free, and you can get the post-show. We do each and every weekday, extending the episode even more for you. However, if you have no bucks to toss our way, no big deal. You can watch live on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames as we record it, just like Magic Sam in 98 is, Royal Protector 10 is, and the Gift King Corey Cudney is. Remember, mm-hmm. if you're watching live on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames, you have a special go- job. Go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, and listening on podcast services around the globe each and every weekday. Housekeeping for you tonight's the night. Myself, Snowbike Mike, Nick Scarpino, Andy Cortez are headed over to a little place called IGN.com for their Stop AAPI Hate Stream. Uh, this is going to be at 7 p.m. Pacific, twitch.tv slash IGN, of course, but you can go to twitch.tv slash games, watch our perspective as we all hang out and try to get Snowbike Mike to victory. That's right. 
There's no, me and Nick are not actually have any, we have no chance of winning any of these fall guys games we're playing, but Snowbike Mike is an obsessive, crazy person when it comes to fall guys. He can win. We're just going to throw our bodies in the way. Now, the big problem with this is, you know, Tim, is that Andy thinks mm -hmm. he's great at video games. So Andy's really going to be try to win. And so I'm hoping by the middle of the stream, Andy's spirit will be broken. And thank you very much. Snowbike Mike will, you know, finally give up. Or I'm sorry, that yes. Andy's spirits will be broken. Andy will give up. Snowbike Mike can go in there and win. So no, everybody... the big problem that you guys are facing, I don't know if you saw this, but there are many teams involved yes. in this. I don't know the quality of many of those teams. Sure. But one of those teams involves Alfredo Diaz. Yes, that's and the Alana Pierce thing... team. Yeah. And that's the problem because yeah. Alana Pierce knows what's up. She knows that Snowbike Mike is the killer. He's mm -hmm. the one out there. You know what I mean? And so, like, we, I don't know if she's going to – I don't know how, how easy it will be to organize people, but you know how Alana is. We call her the puppet master in the games industry. Everybody's on her strings. You know what I mean? It's like that. It's going to be me. Is video. that a thing? I'm making it up right now, right? Holy <laughs> shit, that is Is it offensive? So... Because we love Alana. I want to make sure we love everyone oh, knows we love Alana. Yeah, see, yeah. No, oh, man, I, I don't know what it says about my mind that that's the coolest thing ever. <laughs> like, I don't think of any of the negative connotations that that could be. What's well, that thing where, no, you know, I Alana has unlimited power. Everyone uh -huh. knows Alana and respects Alana. Uh -huh. And, of course, Alana is involved on what she's making a game over at Sony Santa Monica. She's, of course, talking about games on our YouTube channel. She's hosting stuff with me. She's raising money on charity. Like, She's out there and like she could just, you know, she's playing it. She's the shadow broker, you know? Uh huh. Think about it. <laughs> but in a good I'll, way. I'll, like, I'll I think she's using her power for good right now, but who knows? If I was the puppet yeah. master, I wouldn't be. You know what I mean? You'd be like, why do they keep making Patapons? I'd be like, I don't know. It's <laughs> fucking weird. Patapon movie, Patapon TV show, Patapon cereal. It's weird. It's it's PlayStation announced they have changed the name to Patapon Studios. Yeah, exactly, exactly, right? <laughs> Uh, and uh, on top of housekeeping for that, next Tuesday at 11 a.m., we're doing another one of them Razer streams. You can come here, twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. We're partnering with Razer to show off the RTX 30 series powered blade laptops with Andy and the boys playing some more Warzone because God knows they don't play enough of that. Thank you to our Patreon producers, uh, Blackjack and Tom Bach. Today we're brought to you by Honey, but I'll tell you about that later for now. Let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. Time for some news. Eight items on the Roper Report. Kevin, talk to me about your inspiration for your do-do-do-do-do's there. It was very subdued, and I'm not judging your performance. I just like that you bring something every day to the table. My throat's dying, and that's pretty much the only noises that could come out. Are you sick, or is it just sore throat from yelling at Cecil all night? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It just keeps going out. I, I think I got the same thing Mike does. Tonsillitis, maybe. Who knows? I'm going to fight through it, though. You, you think so somehow from from Tahoe, Mike gave you tonsillitis. Is that what I said? Is that what I said? Is that what I, I mean, said? It's did what I it made say, it sound like. I'm looking at the say, chat right now. Did I say oh, Mike actually, gave me something? Actually, here it is. Uh, Unnuttered says no, the canned no, chicken no, strikes no. again. The canned chicken probably from yesterday did get you. Canned you know? chicken, very good. Canned chicken, very good. Read a book. It's right, not a big you deal. Rest those pipes. All right, rest those pipes. Read a book. Like when he's like recuperating <laughs> or like about what? Number one on the Roper Report, E3 2021 has confirmed more participating partners. We go to the official press release. The list of companies confirmed for the all-virtual E3 2021 continues to grow with the addition of several high-profile video game publishers and developers, as well as tech, hardware, and streaming companies. Square Enix, Sega, Bandai Namco Entertainment, Exceed Games slash Marvelous UA, <laughs> USA Incorporated, Gearbox Entertainment, 
Freedom Games, Devious Eye Entertainment, Turtle Beach, Verizon, and everybody's favorite, Binge.com, are joining the fray and preparing to bring major announcements and reveals to fans throughout E3, which takes place June 12th through the 15th. Uh, we go to a quote here in the press release. E3 2021 is set to continue its legacy as the premier video games industry uh, event as we need new publisher, as we add new publishers, sponsors, and partners, said, said Stanley Pierre-Louis, uh, president and CEO of ESA. Quote, we can't wait to share more details about this virtual event for audiences around the globe. Previously confirmed E3 partners include Nintendo, Xbox, Capcom, Ubisoft, Take-Two Interactive, and Warner Brothers Games. Timothy the Hype Man Gettys. Square Enix, Sega, Bandai Namco, Xseed, Slash Marvelous, Gearbox, Freedom Games, DVSI, Turtle Beach, Verizon, Binge.com. What does this do for you? What does this do for your E3 hypometer? This is a, a public service announcement to everybody that might watch me, listen to me, or in any way have to deal with me over the next month and a half. I'm going to be insufferable. There has just been a level of hype that I've had to be held back on because of 2020 and just because of how everything went. Sure. E3, video games are back, Greg. Me and you were slacking about it this morning. Yeah. Hot games coming in. We're reviewing game, new Pokemon, Snap, Resident Evil Village. We got Ratchet coming soon. But on top of that, we have E3. Not only the return of E3, but a first of its kind E3. An E3 where everyone shares the same digital stage. And that means one of two things. Either everyone is going to bring their A game to compete with one another to not get outshined by the people that proceed or are after them, right? Yeah. The other way is they're all scared. They're all like, we're only going to bring our B and C stuff because we don't want to compete at all. And we want everyone to just be like, okay, cool. Here's some video games. But that ain't going to happen. That's not where I am. I am on pure hype mode right now. This is fantastic news. Square Enix is going to be there. Guess what? Final Fantasy 16 is going to be there. And Final Fantasy 7 Remake Part 2 is going to be teased. Sega is going to be there. Guess what? Sonic Mania. Marvel's Avengers is going to have some content, everybody. Are we going to see Black Panther in action, motherfuckers? We probably are. So, anyways, very I, I'm very stoked about this. Um, I, I think that we, we're going to get some good stuff. I do think we're finally going to get a new Sonic game. I'm hoping it's going to be good. Uh, hopefully more on the Sonic Mania route, less the Sonic Forces route. Uh, Bandai Namco, they're going to keep bringing a bunch of hits, all the you know anime games they've been doing, the, the Scarlet Nexus, right? That looks really dope. Um, Is that and then from there on... Do you not want to like speak it into existence of what else might be there? You know what I mean? Pac-Man. Elden Ring. Oh, oh, there you go. There you Remember, go. Of course, yeah. I'm I'm hosting E3, but I have not I have not been uh, given any rundown of what's happening. I don't know. We actually had a meeting yesterday about E3 2021 where it was decided that if they know stuff, we told them not to tell us because we want to be able to obviously give. And this being me, Golden Boy Jackie, we want to be able to host the show, let alone these shows, and not be like, well, we can't make predictions because we know it's going to happen, kind of thing. But Elden Ring, man, it's got to happen eventually. Somebody's got to give Tamar Hussein what he wants and blessing Eddie Oye Jr. to a lesser extent. Absolutely. And I mean, that's the, the thing, Greg, you know, like all jokes aside and like there is no joke. I am legitimately hyped about this and I sure. do have high expectations, but I do think it is going to go one of those two ways. I think it is either going to be an insane show where everyone is, is bringing such cool shit and the best of their abilities that we're going to be like, damn. Or it's going to just kind of all kind of falter because everyone's going to be scared to do anything or not able to do anything. And that, that is the sure. other reality of this. Everyone's working from home. The, the virus isn't over. Like video games are very, very affected, arguably more affected this year than last year because uh, last year, at least, there was the preceding year of in-studio work yeah, to get yeah. them where they were. 
you know, blah, 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 a lot of different things. However, this is E3. We don't necessarily need gameplay reveals. It could just be a CG trailer, uh, like a teaser for a lot of the most hype things, the most exciting announcements of where we're at with stuff. Uh, and, you know, that's going to be exciting for the week. And then we're going to spend a year or two plus bitching about where is it, where is it, where is it? But, hey, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the exciting moment of it being announced. Again, I think, you know, something we've talked about on the shows uh, uh, before about E3 and about this E3 in particular not having the full lay of the land. You, I think it was what Gamescast uh, post show were you talking about, where you were like, we don't have a schedule, and we usually have a schedule by now. Uh, not knowing that, so not knowing exactly how it's going to net out. Obviously, I think Nintendo's going to do a direct. Obviously, Xbox is going to do an Xbox showcase, stuff like that. And these are not known. These are me, obviously, as Greg Miller, commentator, not Greg Miller, the host of E3 2021. I think when you look at this list and you see Square, Sega, Bandai, Xseed, like I think that's where you start to see how are they going to package these up. Are these going to be right? I don't think you're going to get an Xseed. Hey, guess what, everybody? It's Xseed's E3 showcase, and it goes on for an hour and a half. I think you're going to get that bundled with other announcements, maybe bundled with demos, maybe interviews, stuff like that, and have those announcements made at E3 that way, which I think is exciting because it doesn't make people feel like they have to make an entire presentation on their own. If the ESA slash E3 is giving a place to house smaller announcements uh, alongside here's Xbox's gigantic showcase. Here's what's ever happening with Nintendo. I think that gets exciting and takes the pressure off of people like you're talking about where they can come in and talk about one game. Here's what we're talking mm-hmm. about. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm so interested in the format of this thing because what could it even look like of, and it's, it's funny that you're involved in this and it's like, I, I still, again, do not know shit. So I'm just talking to somebody that is just a fan. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm really interested in, so is there just going to be hours that E3 is happening and it's digital and let's say from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. or whatever, there's a, a live show showing demos, showing like having announcements, trailers, whatever, that you and uh, Jackie and Golden Boy will be like tossing between and all that. But then every once in a while, it's tossing to a more traditional state of play or not, well, not state of play, but uh, maybe uh, a press conference not there. Yeah, but like, you know, uh, to a Nintendo Direct and then to a whatever Xbox does with their formatting or is it going to be more e3 formatted where it's not a nintendo Direct, see now you're but... bringing now yeah now you're bringing up uh, uh uh the tim gettys production side of it of yeah. how would you house this is it going to be yeah very much welcome to the same branding the same everything or is it something that is nintendo made a direct we're putting it inside of this e3 uh live stream and then afterwards it's going to live on their channel and look like every other nintendo direct and you wouldn't understand necessarily there's an e3 component to it Exactly, which I imagine is the case. Like, I, I think that we're just, the industry's not in a place yet where they can play that nice. I'm surprised they're playing this nice. Because again, we've never really seen one show where everyone is at together. The Game Awards is the closest thing and uh, opening night live at Gamescom are the closest sure. things where it's like, sure. we're getting Nintendo, PlayStation and Xbox announcements on the same stage in the same night with equal kind of presentation, right? Yeah. But this E3, the way they're doing this, the way they're talking about this, at least, and the proof will be in the pudding when it comes out, this could potentially be a very interesting future that we're going down where imagine a 2022, 2023, maybe live E3, where there's an actual stage, it's an actual sure. you know, show, and uh, with the, the convention presence of being able to get hands-on uh, later and all that stuff, but it is way more designed because if that were the case, I doubt it would just be Nintendo Directs. I think it would have to be more ESA produced top to bottom, um, getting everybody involved. And I think at that point, it might not be 
as grandiose of, you know, an hour of Nintendo and an yeah, hour yeah, of this yeah. whatever, but it would just be more like there is an E3 press conference, you know, mm, that's like a bunch of announcements. Yeah, 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 and, yeah. But, and like, that's exciting to me because I think that at that point, that is, would, would force everybody to bring a game, like to kind of be like, yo, there's going to be this one E3 press conference that we want you to show up at. Sure. Right. Think of it like you're you're basically doing like a, a what is a hub and spoke kind of thing, right? Where you could have it if you're doing yes. one E3 press conference where yes, Xbox brings three, we'll say giant things, but every one of them is like tune in later tonight for our Xbox showcase going into the hundreds of games we're doing, right? And the, but mm-hmm. you're bringing your Halo Infinite, you're bringing your if you're Nintendo uh, Breath of the Wild two to it. That's interesting. Idea. I love it, but yeah, I, I don't think you'll ever see it. Yeah, I think oh, yeah. if anything, you'd see it more in the way that like. I, yeah, I guess it all depends, really. Yeah. That's a really interesting future, but yeah, I don't know if we'd ever get to play nice that much, especially as, yeah. like, it, you know, last year was, and it, over time, you look at PlayStation and other people, EA Play breaking away, it's become more and more about having your own moment and not sharing. That's what's interesting about uh, E3 2021, to see people share the spotlight, you know? Yeah. Historically, everybody knows Golden Boy cool. hates sharing the spotlight with me, but I'm forcing him to do it this time, and we'll have to God. see what happens. Jackie, God. I didn't expect very nice. to go there. Didn't expect it to go well, there, but Greg Miller, of course, you made it there. I don't know if you know they call me the garbage man because I always take out the trash like Golden Boy. <laughs> I lo- I can't wait for Kojima's next game where the, like the group of bad guys we got the the garbage man and the puppet master. It's gonna be awesome. The puppet master played by Alana Pierce. <laughs> the, the garbage, garbage man, man played by Greg Miller. <laughs> and I've got like I'm just walking around. I'm like that uh, old real Ghostbusters action figure. I'm walking around the trash and like inside the trash is Golden Boy, who's my friend. Yeah. Kind of funny. We we have cool friends. If you go look at that uh, episode, I'm, if you're just joining us, Alex Mendez, Golden Boy, is a very good person. We like him quite a bit. I digress. Uh, number two, well, all this E3 talk, get it out of your mouth. We don't want to talk about it anymore. Instead, it's time to talk about Summer Game Fest. Jeff Keighley had a series of tweets up today that I will read in order. As a member of the Tribeca 2021 Games Board, I'm honored Tribeca has, for the first time, selected eight games as official selections. Find out how to play free demos of these titles in June alongside a live stream showcase during summer summer game fest it's going to be a very special june for video games i then go to tribeca's uh film fest uh, well now tribeca games fest and everything else they're doing there uh they had a press release out and they reads, reads like this eight titles have been chosen to premiere at our 20th anniversary festival uh where they will be in competition for the inaugural tribeca games award which celebrates an unreleased game that has the potential to elevate art and storytelling in the space timothy gettys would you like to know the eight games that are the official selections for Tribeca. I would love to, Greg. Harold Halibut, Kena, Bridge of Spirits, hey. Lost in Random, Norco, Sable, Signalis? You think you think you think Signalis? You think? All right, cool. Uh, the Big Con and Twelve Minutes. That's a list of games right there. Don't know them all yet. I'll know them, obviously, after this live stream. But obviously, Kena, the PlayStation 5 game, everybody won't shut up about. Big Con, one that I've been uh, looking forward to since it got announced and because it's got that great art style. And then, of course, 12 Minutes, one that we have a Let's Play up from 2015, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, when we uh, uh, Dan, Lewis, right? Louis, uh, the developer, had come through uh, and done it after to I your saw apartment. it. apartment. To our apartment after a PAX, he came through, did it, and he uh, was very nice when that game went incredibly quiet, and then when it got revealed at the Xbox uh, showcase, uh, he DM'd us and was like, hey, just so you know, like this happened because of that Let's Play, because you guys gave me the spotlight, so thank you so much. So, so even 
all that personal connection to 12 minutes gone, 12 minutes of dope ass game that I can't wait for. And who's the voice cast now? Like it went from being this small thing about like Groundhog Day of solving this thing to now being like this gigantic Xbox thing. Can't wait. Yeah. Anyways, I'm sorry. Uh, back to Jeff Keighley, though. So that was one part of his Summer Game Fest tweets. Then it goes on like this. Uh, so thrilled that Rockstar Games will present the songs of Red Dead Redemption 2 with Daniel Lanos. You want to say that one? Lanos? Timmy? Uh, and special... Is this somebody I should know? Do you know who Daniel Lanos is? I, I do not. But and I special guests as part of Tribeca 2021 live outdoors in New York City on June 10th. And if that wasn't enough, Jeff teased this. I can't wait to share more of the amazing things coming together for Summer Game Fest. The entire industry is uniting in a way I've never seen before to bring you news, updates, free playable content slash demos, and more. Tim, just like you said, fuck yeah, let's go. Hell yeah, man. Uh, just to answer your question earlier, James McAvoy, Daisy Ridley, and Willem Dafoe are the voices in 12 Come minutes. Come the fuck on. Which is you know what I mean? extremely exciting. Uh, and just like this news, extremely exciting. I do love... Now, if we're going to talk about the real puppet master, it's Jeff, Jeff Keighley, right? Oh, yeah, 100%. And, yeah, yeah. And, it, and, and it's like, I love that, you know, this is uh, take two, the swing of the bat again at the uh, Summer Game Fest, figuring this all out. And I love that already, when we're looking at the dates of this, June 10th, it's just like, okay, E3 is happening right there. And Jeff's like, I'm right there, too. And I just love the positioning of it, where it's just like, it feels like it's all, it feels like E3 is part of Summer Game Fest. And that's awesome. Alignment. You know what I mean? The synergy. Whether or not ES say wants any part of that whether or not there was ever a conversation i just love that it's happening wouldn't you love to know uh, that too yeah like you know what i mean like how does jeff feel totally. about e3 this year Ooh, who knows yeah. what's going on does who he knows? hate me I mean, it, probably not but maybe it's i doubt it i very highly doubt i mean i've given him plenty I, reasons to hate me outside of just this don't worry about that yeah, i don't know about that but uh i i really do hope that at some point the, the collaboration we were talking about earlier, the Shariga stage, I would love to see Summer Game Fest and E3, whatever they turn into, eventually kind of morph back into one single thing uh, with more focus. Because that's only going to be, that's going to be good for everybody involved. For sure. the consumers, for the people putting on the productions and stuff, it's just like easier to wrap your head around and not get super confusing. And I do think that it is cool, though, that bringing in different kind of aspects and things like the Tribeca Game Award and all that, it's like, that's cool. Like the award show... Um, aspects to these things are are exciting as well. You know, obviously not as exciting as game announcements and stuff, but that's just because that's how people are built and how they function is they, they like announcements and like new things. Uh, but it's cool that there are these award shows or whatever that are really kind of giving credit to the hard work that all the developers are, are putting 100%. into and celebrating all that stuff. Um, and things like the, the concerts and the little mini concerts even that uh jeff's been putting on last year with game fest uh with uh, kiro kiro bonito doing the bug snack stuff like i love video game music i always have and i think that it's cool it's being celebrated alongside all this stuff because the industry is so varied there's so many aspects that make video games special and i like that it's not just game announcements it's not just game yep. awards it can be so many different things as part of this celebration of video games that is going to turn into an annualized thing of summer game fest, whatever that looks like. Right. Yeah. Uh, but is this, this year going to be extra lame on the summer game fest side compared to E3? I don't know, but I well, summer game fest is the thing that. that houses all that information, right? Like it, you know, the way Jeff do has set up summer game fest is more of a tracking calendar that is broad for everything, and he'll have, I'm sure, his own exclusive announcements and things like that. But then E3 doesn't, I think, E3 being an official thing from the ESA doesn't 
disqualified Jeff or Summer Game Fest for doing content around it and doing their own reaction stream or something like that. Will they do that? I don't know. And that's where it gets interesting, right? I saw somebody in the chat go by like, doesn't Jeff hate E3? And hate, obviously, is a broad brush that we're talking way outside of it. But yes, last year, if you remember, in the run-up to E3, uh, before COVID canceled E3, Jeff was like, hey, I'm not going to work on E3 this year after seeing what they're doing or what they're up to. Like, it's just not something I can. I forget. And like something like in good faith be a part of or whatever. But what's interesting, of course, is that then uh everything happened with covid e3 didn't happen e3 as a digital event really didn't happen and then there's been so much turnover at the esa like while it was great for the yuck yucks and the fun funds uh when i got to announce uh, when i when they announced me as host of e3 everybody's like wait didn't e3 ban greg and it's like yeah e3 did ban me for a day or whatever and then but the people who made that decision and, and the people who worked to reverse it with me are gone from the ESA. Like the ESA has had a, a tremendous amount of turnover. And obviously the people putting on this show are far different than the people who put on, would have even been putting on E3 2020. So I do wonder right now how hard, how uh, hard the current group that's planning E3 went to at Jeff Keighley to try to be a part of it. And I do wonder what Jeff's thought is, but I also, it's one of those things of, Jeff's got his own thing now, his own brand. Yeah. And I think Summer Game Fest and then working in conjunction with Gamescom, working in conjunction with the Game Awards, like Jeff's got his own fucking thing going on right now. And so I don't know if it would even make sense to him to go be a part of E3 in that way, unless E3 was ready to give him control, which I'm sure they weren't because they obviously are doing their own thing. So it's a really interesting thing, but like more important to what we're talking about right now, this news story, and what you're talking about too, Tim, of the mini concerts and getting games out there in a different light. There's no better ambassador, I think, of games to be working with Tribeca to be highlighting and bringing up eight great games and showing to the people who are going to Tribeca and paying attention to movies, hey, also, this is what the kind of crazy shit games can do. And I think 12 minutes, of course, uh, a game we're all excited about as gamers, but then, you know, Daisy Ridley, uh, Will McAvoy, no, that's not right. Uh, what would you say? James Mac, Will McAvoy, of course, from the hit show Newsroom, which I encourage you all to go watch on HBO Max. Uh, yeah, James McAvoy, uh, Willem Dafoe, there it was. Like, having all of them in there as getting headlines at Tribeca to get to talk about games, show what that game is, show that it's not like, what, what if you're a movie person, you haven't played games in years, it's not you killing a hooker, and it's not you being Mario, that this is the kind of experience, let alone Kena that looks like a Pixar movie. Like, I love the fact that Jeff's out there carrying that torch and bringing games to people in a different way, bringing the songs of Red Dead Redemption to an outdoor concert in New York City that you're walking by, you're like, oh, that's great, you come in, wait, this is from a video game? Like, this is this amazing score? Like, that's awesome. Thousand percent, and you were so right. Jeff is the guy to do that, and he's proven that year after year with Game Awards and now Opening Night Live. But again, never perfect, and there's always things where it's like, can you imagine what a Game Awards or Opening Night Live would look like if Jeff just got his way? If everybody just like worked with him the way he wanted, outrageous, It'd be fucking It'd be insane. The best, yeah, it'd be the craziest thing in the world. The, the he got the production down to a, a science, and I think the Game Awards to talk about the music stuff, like their game of the year medley they do every year now with the video game orchestra or uh, whatever they, the Game Awards orchestra, where they do the medley of all the game um, of the year nominees. They do the medley of songs from each of those games. It's fucking incredible. I go back and listen to the last couple of years all the time, and it's like they he gets it, you know, and him the team get it. Like they are such a well oiled machine when it comes to putting on a, a good show, and that is the type of thing that I'd like to see from E3 as well. And I'm I, I'm hoping that's the case. I don't know that they're going to be at that level this year because it's I mean especially with it being digital, there's no way you can have that level of like presentation yeah um but i just I, I like the video games are leveling up 
in, in terms of presentation, in terms of all this stuff. And it's across the board. Like the everything you just said about the Tribeca stuff, like that is so true of just getting it more mainstream and presenting games in, in the right way. Uh, and on top of that, it's more just like looking at everybody where it's PlayStation with State of Play, Nintendo with its directs, Ubisoft with its forwards, et cetera, et cetera. Everybody having these things. Like they're they're kind of owning their own voice and again it's not perfect and it's far from it in some cases but it is way better than things were a couple of years ago it's way better than it's ever been and i think it's going to continue to be that way agreed speaking of things continuing to be that way number three on the roper report switch continues to sell gangbusters timothy we're going to ign.com mm. where matt Perslow has the story Nintendo has reported that it has experienced its most profitable financial year on record, with operating profit up 81% year on year. Additionally, the company is now approaching 85 million sales of its Nintendo Switch console. As revealed in Nintendo's financial earnings for the year ending March 31st, 2021, operating profit has risen 81.8% year on year. Ordinary profit is recorded at an 88.4% increase. Uh, this surpasses the company's previous gross profit record of 501 billion yen recorded in March 2020, or 2019. It's not quite a record year for net sales revenue but it's close uh, at 16.1 uh, billion dollars it's the second highest year on record just behind 2009 16.8 billion dollars lifetime sales of the nintendo switch are now at 84.59 million units with 28.8 million of those being sold last year that's uh, over both standard and light versions of those consoles 14.7 million of those units are switch lights let's take a break from matt's article and instead go to daniel ahmad's Twitter. Uh, Kevin, if you see, there's a please show this link here to actually bring up the charts and graphs that Daniel, uh, industry analyst, has over on Twitter. Uh, the Nintendo Switch has sold in 84.59 million units after 49 months on the market. Uh, when launch aligned, the Switch is selling faster than the Wii and the PlayStation 4. It will also surpass the 100 million unit milestone faster than the Wii and the PS4 did. This is the same chart, but just for Nintendo consoles. So the first one we're talking about, uh, the first chart there, Kevin, we're talking about everything I just said. And the second one is just the Nintendo consoles, if you want to uh, click on that and make it a little bit bigger. Uh, the fact that Switch is selling faster than Wii at this point is impressive. What's even more impressive is that it's not far off the DS, but it won't surpass the DS anytime soon, most likely. The Switch has also sold more than the Game Boy Advance and the PlayStation Portable at this point. Uh, it'll surpass the PS3 and the Xbox 360 soon. Tim, I have two more paragraphs, but you want to just yeah. dive into it here? Of like that, We're going back to Matt, and that'll train off. You want to talk about the success of the Nintendo Switch? Yes, man. Just talking about consoles, like I'm looking at it right now, of the best-selling consoles of all time. So if the Switch is at 85, right, around there, uh, that, that puts it... Uh, just about 85 it's like 84 point something sure. uh that puts it in the top 10 right above it ps3 it is three million away from overcoming that that'll be any day that's yeah, <laughs> right that's at this yeah. rate they're talking about okay cool it's on pace to hit 100 very soon hitting 100 puts it in top five which puts it with ps4 at 115 game boy and game boy color at 118 the ds family at 154 and then ps2 at 155 my question is does it become number one over time and i think that it could with a couple very specific things needing to happen this counting the nintendo ds family which is all of the different ds's including the new ds including you know the all that shit yeah i i think and the game boy and game boy color which keep in mind game boy came out in 1989 
And the Game Boy family lasted until 2001 when the Game Boy Advance came out because the color came out in 98 and they count that as Game Boy. Same thing, right? Yeah. If the Switch Pro or whatever the fuck the new Switch comes out is, uh, is, ca- is called, ding, counts ding, as ding, part ding, of the ding. Switch family, which I think it's going to. Yep. Uh, and it is, you know, enough of a platform. It's backwards compatible, not even backwards compatible, just compatible. They don't talk about it like backwards, but it's also kind of ushering in uh a bunch of new games that are exclusive to it but it still counts like they did with the the 3ds they did with the game boy color specifically as an example of that i think that it it could become number one that that's the biggest thing about it where when you it's always so hard to talk about these numbers because they're just mind-boggling i think when you get to 100 million units and you're like what's the ceiling i'm like i don't know who the fuck knows right i mean you look at the list right now and i'm on the wikipedia list right you look at playstation 4 uh in fourth place at 115.9 million this is according to wikipedia right you're like all right cool playstation 4 is gotta be out of gas right around there i mean obviously it's going to continue to sell a little bit but like once they get playstation 5s that's the end of that yada 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 you hit the nail on the head that i am i have my credit card right here and as soon as nintendo's like hey that new switch for breath of the wild 2 is real and there's no bezel on the screen and it's oled or whatever you know it's led it's like it's bigger and it looks beautiful i'm like cool here's your money and how many of the and I'm rounding up 85 million units on the market right now are in the exact same boat as me. I would I would I would hazard a guess that everybody who bought a Switch at launch is right there with me of like, oh yeah, fuck yeah. Uh, this has been a great device. It's been awesome yet yet. If it's going to be that that counts into the Switch family of consoles, that's when you get into this thing has so much gas left in the tank and how they go ahead and uh, put them all together. Absolutely. It's insane. These, the, yeah, the numbers we're talking about are absolutely bonkers. And when you look at the software to back that up, that is the thing that's on the Nintendo side of they've had a couple quiet years in terms of quality, uh, quantity of uh, releases, uh, of major releases. But then they had things like Animal Crossing to carry them. And they obviously yep. have the back catalog that we're about to get into of games that just keep selling well. But it's like, what does the next run of Switch releases look like? And uh, what does that the attach rate look like? And what does that do for selling even more switches, right? And there, there clearly is a plan that Nintendo is working on to kind of launch the next Switch iteration alongside a new slate of games and try yeah. to recapture that 2017 magic, 2017 to 2019 magic. 100%. And I think that's when you get to what is the final sales on this thing going to be and how crazy it's going to be. I digress though. Like you're talking about, let's talk, get back to Matt personal at IGN.com. We're still in his article. The year saw Nintendo. So I'm sorry. The year saw Nintendo sell 230.9 million games, meaning 587.12 million games have been sold for the console to date. A huge contributor to this year's sales uh, were of course, animal crossing new horizons, which sold 20.85 million units. As for Mario, the leader of the pack remains Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, which sold an additional 10.62 million copies this year, bringing its total to 35.4 million. Uh, Super Mario 3D All-Stars sold 9 million copies, but further growth has now been throttled due to its being taken off of sale. Uh, Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury, meanwhile, has sold 5.6 million units to date. Timothy, you love these Nintendo numbers. What do you want to roll in here? Oh my God, there's so many crazy things to talk about here. One number that I really would like, and if someone in the chat has this, I'd love to see it, is how many games did did PlayStation or Xbox, or play, let's just talk about PlayStation, did PlayStation sell in that year? Because Nintendo, 230.9 million games. So a big thing there 
is Nintendo doesn't have Call of Duty. Nintendo doesn't have Assassin's Creed. It doesn't have these big annual third-party games that are selling the millions, millions, millions in addition to its first party. So these 230.9 million games are majority Nintendo first-party games, right? That's crazy to think about. Yes. I, we just did a news story about uh, the games for PlayStation. So I'm trying to find it for you. It's one of those. I think I was on. The problem is now, Tim, it used to be easy. I'm on every show. What show do we talk about it on? Now I said I also listen to the shows all the time. You know what I mean? Got so where's this thing going to be? It. Was it not? Was it? I want to say it was a blessing one maybe that hosted. Maybe it was me talking to Gary. Somebody, uh, you, you, uh, audience, you listen to everything we do. I, I know recently in the past week we've had this story where we talked about the actual numbers of how many things were sold. But yeah, back to this. But. Real this is straight though, going to Nintendo's pocket. I understand what you're saying, yes. It's going straight to Nintendo's pocket, but on top of that, it's just a staggering number to think about uh, that they're doing that well just with their own games. Uh, but more than that, that's 230.9 million games that, granted, aren't $70 because they're not PS5 next-gen type shit, Sure, but they never go on sale. So you're getting that 60, 60, 60, 60, 60 a lot of the times for... Games like Mario Kart Deluxe that originally came out in some form in 2013. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that's my thing is like, Tim, here's what I'll do. Dormammu, I've come to bargain. Mm-hmm. I know I can't be greedy. Mm-hmm. I'm getting Mario Golf this year. Yes. Uh, will I get a good Mario Golf or a great Mario Golf? We're not sure yet, but I'm getting a Mario Golf this year and I'm excited for that. Hey, hi. My question Real Sorry, quick, I, you oh, guys hey, want Imran to know PS5, PS5 game sales numbers and PS4 combined? Yeah. Talking about yeah. the last quarter, it's 61.4 million. Okay, PS4 and PS5, 61.1 million. That was last quarter. Yes, you're looking for an entire year. I don't think they stack them that guy. We have to do some math. Okay. Okay. okay, okay. Well, I mean, even just multiplying that by four, right? Yeah. That puts that's... it, I mean, that's, that'd be 240. So that's still mighty impressive yeah. right for nintendo not having those major titles that are some of the bigger million pushing games on the systems all right cool i gotta go back i love you everybody go go uh, go to fan bite <laughs> the, <laughs> <Listen. dawn. laughs> the dawn con um i, I do too what it is but like so i I, i'm getting a mario golf who knows when am i getting another mario kart how far off because this one continues to sell it's always on npd i remember we had a whole conversation about this with npd numbers uh just uh this last time around of what's gonna happen and them adding the to super mario party what's gonna happen with super mario party now there's online play is that give it enough juice to get it even higher and when it's already been in the top 20 i'm sorry i digressing get away from the point mario kart when do I get more Mario Kart? When do I get a new Mario Kart? How long do I have to wait? Uh, Are they working on it right now? Am I going to get it on the Switch? Am I getting it on the Switch, bro? A quick thing I want to say about Mario Party that I think is really interesting is that update came out of nowhere and was so random and unexpected and the most Nintendo thing to do where it's like, what? <laughs> Years later, you you added the thing people wanted like to this game? What? This makes no sense. Uh, but you look at it, last year, Mario, Super Mario Party was over 5 million sold. That's freaking crazy, right? Yeah. For Super Mario Party, a game that wasn't well-received, period. Yeah, but it has that Mario Party name, so people are still buying it, right? Uh, so to go to your to back to Mario Kart now, like I, I just am baffled by the argument that people keep making that why would they make another why would they make Mario Kart Nine when Mario Kart Eight Deluxe is still selling so well? It's like, well, guess what? People are guess what that proves that people like to buy Mario They'll buy Kart. more Mario Karts, yeah. Put out another Mario Kart. Everyone that bought this one is gonna not everyone, but a lot of people that bought 
eight are going to buy nine. And it's like, if there are people that walk into a store and they're like, oh, like, I'm going to buy a Mario Kart game for my kids. And they only buy one of them. That's not losing them money. That's just getting them hooked on a game that they love so that the next month when they come back to GameStop, they're like, I'm going to buy the other one because we loved this that much. Like, there's a difference between Mario Kart and Grand Theft Auto V. Both of them are games that continue to sell over time and are going to continue to sell over time. Grand Theft Auto V has new content being added to it constantly. And at this point, it's GTA Online that is really kind of this living thing pushing it. Mario Kart 8, Mario Kart hasn't had a new track in seven years. That's outrageous. It's outrageous. Like, and it we're still sells get a Mario Kart so well, nine. month over month, totally. every MPD. <laughs> Absolutely, man. And I, it's a fantastic game, and it's going to always be a fantastic game, and it's going to sell like a fantastic game. They're going to put out a Mario Kart 9. And what that looks like, I don't know. But when I look at this, you keep the Mario Kart brand, but you add Super Smash Brothers type crossover, and you have a hit on your hands that differentiates it just enough from Mario Kart 8 that I just, there's no argument that I've ever heard that people aren't going to want to buy both and to have that sell millions of copies to it to 85 million switch owners yeah yeah and i think but it's it's such a it's just i guess when do you if you're nintendo are you trying to wait for just the momentum of mario kart 8 deluxe to end a little bit for it not to be charting so high before you do this like i i don't think so because no. the the momentum like it's selling insanely well. Like at this point, the top three best-selling uh, Switch titles, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is number one at 35.4 million, Animal Crossing New Horizons at 32.6 million, and Smash Brothers at 23.8. That's a very interesting set of numbers to look at because Smash Brothers being at 20, 24, rounding up, the jump up to Animal Crossing is a lot, almost 10 million, right? We're getting to the 30s at that point. Animal Crossing is going to outsell Mario Kart it's going to be the number one eventually, right? Because yeah. we're talking about the difference of like 2 million at that point. Sure. What that tells me is Animal Crossing was a brand new game that came out last year. It's had one year to sell 35 million copies. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe has had five years at this point since 2017. The math there's a little wrong, but like... Yeah, you, yeah but you you're right. saying, we're, right? we're, we're doing it fast. We don't have a chalkboard. I understand. So, I understand that Animal Crossing is lightning in a bottle. There were so many factors that made that the ridiculous megaton that it was of 35 million or 32 million in a year. That's crazy. Yeah. But even a little over half that would be insane. You put out Mario Kart 9 to 85 million people and you're telling me the attach rate isn't going to immediately put that Mario Kart in this conversation. I think it outsells Super Smash Brothers Ultimate in a year. Wow. I believe it. I believe it. And I think they've seeded it well. And the game's attach rate of deluxe, right, shows that. It's your point. I just do think that, like, when do you put it out? Because I do think putting out nine will hamper the sales of eight. And so then why get in the way of that right now if you're Nintendo and you're trying to do that? But I hear you. I mean, just the the answer to that is, what does hampering sales mean? It's not going to take it from five million a year to zero. Even if it took it down to two million and then you're selling 30 million of the new one. Yeah, there's development then you costs. Put, then yeah, you start talking about stuff. the Mario Kart family of game sales. Like your numbers look even better. <laughs> I mean, exactly at that point. <laughs> but did you see what I'm saying, though? It's like there's, there's just so much money to be made where even if they're investing, it's like it's still a new game that's satiating Nintendo fans. It's not sure. like people are just like, well, I got Mario Kart, so I don't need more Mario Kart. 
me and you are both like, we love Mario Kart. We want more Mario Kart. <laughs> and yeah. There are millions of us out there. But you figure like the people who, yeah, I'm with you. It doesn't matter. Is the I, I think the argument that that people are making the right is the attach rate of my friend Kyle who bought got his Switch in December, right? Finally, uh, if they put out, and he has Mario Kart, obviously they put out new Mario Kart. He's probably gonna be like, oh, I got a Mario Kart and I barely play that, or I haven't unlocked every track, or I haven't done whatever. Like, I think that's the argument in terms of people still buying Switches, still buying this thing. I don't know. Hopefully with the Switch Pro, we get something or at least a hint of it, you know, real mm-hmm. quick to close the thread because it was driving me crazy. I figured out where that PlayStation news that I couldn't find was coming from uh, last night. I was on the Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast. that will be posting soon there. I'm in their document now, so I'm not stealing content from their show. They had an article from PS Lifestyles, Rebecca Smith, saying more PS4 games sold than any other console in history with more than 1.5 billion units sold. Uh, they're talking about going through this fiscal year, yada, yada. There have now been 1.577 billion PS4 games sold over its lifetime beating the previous record set by the ps2 throughout the 2020 fiscal year nearly 339 million games were sold between the playstation 4 and the playstation 5 an increase of 22 percent from uh from the year prior uh that smashed sony's previous record during its fiscal year 2018 so that's it close the thread put it out there where that's what if you could ps4 and ps5 339 million sold in uh, fiscal year 2020 i was losing my mind trying to figure out where the hell i had talked about that found it thank you very much listen to the trophy room coming up soon uh one more p oh man 46 uh let's get this other piece of nintendo news out of there we talk a long time about that i think uh number four on the rover report nintendo's making its own dreams kevin if you can run the trailer i've linked here we're going to read from cat bailey over at ign that describes the trailer in case you can't see it Nintendo has announced Game Builder Garage, a new game that will let you, quote, learn to make games from the minds at Nintendo, end quote. Uh, Its guided lessons and cute characters are designed to help you create a multitude of gaming experiences. On the face of it, the game looks a lot like Dreams, which was released on PlayStation 4 in early 2020. It also seems to be in the spirit of Labo, which encouraged kids to craft unique items using cardboard. Uh, Game Builder Garage is designed to teach visual game programming by connecting creatures called Nodon. There are dozens of Nodon in the Game Builder Garage, each with its own unique function. Lessons will be available to teach you the basics of designing games with free programming mode available for those who want to go wild. The experience, the experiences touted in the trailer include platformers, shoot 'em ups, and something called Tuna Cube Factory Two. It will also be possible to exchange and download games over the internet or via local wireless, which you can then examine via free programming mode to learn their inner workings. To aid in development, Game Builder Garage will support a compatible mouse, which can be plugged into the USB port on the Switch dock. The announcement comes ahead of Nintendo's earnings release, which is expected tomorrow. Game Builder Garage is set for a release date of June 11th on Nintendo Switch. Tim, this is incredibly cool. Incredibly cool. And, you know, Nintendo always does weird shit that when they announce it, a lot of us are kind of like, that seems weird. Labo, that's a weird thing. Ring Fit Adventure, that's a weird thing. But they always have a way of just randomly then later becoming a thing to a an audience, right? And yeah. usually that audience is kids. And in some cases, it's adults that are overweight. But uh, with this, I, I would love this if I was a little kid. Like being in love with video games, like every, everybody wants to make games until they realize they, they either do and go into it or don't. <laughs> or they realize how us. hard it is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but I remember reading EGM and seeing all the like, you can go to this summer camp and like learn how to make games and stuff. And I was like, there's nothing I want more in the world than that. And the fact that there are multiple things out there like dreams, like little big planet, even Mario maker and this, it's like, it's so awesome that video games have expanded to the, the point that 
they, they can use their own medium to teach people while still being fun. And, and I think that like just watching that trailer right there, it's like, it has that Nintendo magic of it's cute enough and simple enough to, to wrap your head around just at a glance that hidden beneath that, it, there's the depth of being able to make some really cool creative stuff. Um, I think this makes a lot of sense for them. I think that it, it makes sense that it's like taken out of the, the Labo branding because it like kind of is just its its own thing that they're just mm-hmm. like hey it's clearly inspired by or clearly like was a part of that um but yeah i think this is great uh bander sn writes into patreon.com slash kind of funny games just like you can and ask the million dollar question timothy gettys nintendo fanboy number one do you think game builder garage will come out and actually find a community making cool games for it yeah, that's the bigger question and when it comes to these games the shitty reality is they need to be free Mm -hmm. and you know if they're free then there's not really much incentive for the the publishers developers to really promote them in in that way unless there's some way for them to make money off of it right sure and nintendo just doesn't have that ecosystem and it doesn't really have a way to do that um but that's why like when it comes to dreams like there's obviously a community there but it's crazy to me that dreams still cost money like because PlayStation has things like PS Plus, how Dreams isn't just free with PS Plus, I I just don't understand. I, how, right? how why isn't it pre-installed on every PlayStation Five? You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. Um, so it's like that's the type of thing where I'm like, hmm. Uh, but I think that you know it'll it'll have an audience and the, the what the level of depth is. I think is what's going to determine if there's uh, how much people get into yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. What you can actually do with the tools, I think, will be a big part of it, and seeing it, and yeah, price and everything else in terms of shakedown, and uh, if you're getting into it, what you're building for it. But we'll have to wait and see on that. I, 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 I hope it does because I think it's really cool. But even if it doesn't find a huge, vibrant audience and become a raging success, it will have a core community of people who are super into it and are building it. And more importantly, it'll give, like you're talking about, Tim, either kids or people who just want to tinker an avenue to see what that actually looks like and see if they want to take it to that next level and do something else with it. So that's totally. Cool. And I actually think that when it comes to game builder garage, as opposed to dreams, it is for a different audience. Clearly like this sure. is kind of targeting the young, younger kids that want to get into this. So it's like, I don't know that this game's going to necessarily find a huge community of adults that are like making games in, in game uh, builder garage. There will be some, there's definitely going to be some standouts and some cool moments, but yeah, I think the, it yeah, is more, you're going to find people who are like breaking it right. And doing something insane with it. Exactly. Exactly. But I don't think that that is the intended goal of this product. I think this is more kind of sparking interest in, in the youth uh, to, to create games and to, you know, want to go down that path. For now, ladies and gentlemen, let's go down the path of patreon.com slash kind of funny games. Remember, you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games to be part of the show, just like Bander SN was. Of course, you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games to get the show with the exclusive post show we do each and every episode. And of course, you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games to get the show ad free, which you didn't do. So let me tell you about our sponsor. It's Honey. Uh, we all shop online, and we've all seen the promo code field taunt us at checkout. But thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. Honey supports over 30,000 stores online. They range from sites that have tech and gaming products to popular fashion brands and even food delivery. Imagine you're shopping on one of your favorite sites. When you check out, the Honey button drops down, and all you have to do is click apply coupons wait a few seconds as honey searches for coupons it can find you on that site if honey finds a working coupon code you watch your prices drop uh, of course tim and i use honey all the time i talk about this ad because it being one of my favorites because it's so easy because right there 
tap in my browser. I see the little honey H. It's a lowercase H. It's on. It's turned on. When I go to any site, it goes in there. It finds me the promo code. It saves me. And if I'm logged in, which I always am, it accrues me my honey coins that I can then spend on gift cards and other places and other things. So it's great. Love honey. Click Don't the honey it. button. You're missing free money for free because there's nothing going on for it. It's literally free and installs in a few seconds. And by using it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this podcast. Uh, we'd never recommend something we don't use. That's why Tim and I both use it. Uh, get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash games. That's joinhoney.com slash games. Back to the show and maybe even in a lightning round. Uh, number five on the Roper Report, you're getting new division games and some movies and deets and books and stuff like that. I'll read a synopsis here, here from the thing. I'm jumping right into a report uh, Ubisoft already put up. While work continues on the Division 2, other Ubisoft teams have been exploring additional ways to introduce the Division to even more players. Today, we're pleased to share that Tom Clancy's The Division Heartland, a free-to-play game set in the Division universe, is in development at our Red Storm studio. Having worked on Tom Clancy games since 1997, its extensive expertise across numerous genres and games, most recently The Division and The Division 2, makes Red Storm a perfect fit for this project. Heartland is a standalone game uh, that doesn't require previous experience with the series, but will provide an all-new perspective on the universe in a new setting. The game will be made available will be made available in 2021/2022 on PC, consoles, and cloud. Those inter- interested in participating in its early test can sign up now. Heartland isn't the only new game in development. The Division will be also coming to mobile platforms uh, for the very first time, bringing the universe to an even wider audience. We'll have more details on this exciting project at a later date. As previously announced, brand new content will be coming to The Division 2 with development led by Ubisoft Massive and support from Ubisoft uh, Bucharest, right? I'm not saying that right at all. That sounds right. Did I, did I? Yeah. Uh, yeah. While um, while it's still too early to discuss any specific details, this update will include an entirely new game mode for the Division franchise and new methods for leveling your agents with an emphasis on increasing build variety and viability. We look forward to revealing more later this year ahead of the content's late 2021 release. Will it be E3? We'll have to wait and see. Uh, and if that's not enough... We also have the Division film in development with Netflix, thanks to Ubisoft Film and Television. Uh, Inspired by the events of the original game, the film will star Jessica Chastain and Jake Gyllenhaal. And we recently announced that uh, Rawson Marshall Thurber uh, is at the helm as a director. The film also marks the first big step in a broad uh, plan to expand the Division Universe's transmedia offerings. With that in mind, we're revealing an original novel coming from our publishing partners at Akon Night. Uh, this new story is set after the events of the Division 2 and explores how the outbreak affects different regions of the United States as Asians fight to secure supply routes. Tim, mm-hmm. Ubisoft's all in the Division, and I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, obviously, this is way more up your alley. What are your, your thoughts on this game? Yeah, that's the, I mean, dialing back, I'm glad, you know, of course, if you remember what happened with the Division 2 was that they were winding down content. They put out that, fi- they put out the big expansion, Warlords in New York, then they were doing seasons, and it, the Fei Lao season was supposed to kind of be the end of it, but they noticed that numbers were insane, more people were playing than ever, and they made the announcement, hey, we see this, and so we will keep doing, I'm more excited right now, because I know what I'm getting to an extent, is the new content for the Division 2 coming this year. That's going to be a new way to play, build a varieties. I don't know what that means, but I'm always excited for more Division 2. Heartland is interesting because they say a lot but nothing all at once right where guess what you're getting a division heartland a free-to-play game in the division universe from red storm studio and it's like okay cool like 
it's standalone. I don't need to know stuff about it, but like, what's the gameplay? What am I doing in it? It talks about a new perspective on the universe in a new setting. I'm interested. Again, always down to see more division. Is it just going to be a free-to-play third-person shooter? Is that the idea behind it? Or is it going to be something completely different? We'll have to wait and see. But I'm excited for more. Uh, yeah. You know, and even that said all together, like, I know we've been burned so many times by video game movies and properties and stuff like that. I think the division pairs really well to becoming a fictional TV show and or movie or whatever, because guess what? There's a global pandemic and all these people got activated, try to stop it. And they're trying to bring back the government. Like it's not, it's not the same way. Like, man, they have to nail Lara Croft for this Tomb Raider movie to work. This is like, it can be Jake Gyllenhaal. It can be Jessica Chastain and they got an orange watch and they're out there doing shit. All right, cool. Let's see what it's all about. Yeah, totally. And I think also bringing in things like stream platforms like this, they're talking about Netflix, like that's good that there's a different level of expectation going in, um, especially just because you, people aren't paying a ticket to watch that movie necessarily. They're just like, oh, here's another thing that I'm already paying for if yeah. you have Netflix. Right. Um, so I think that that's that's cool. And there's a chance that it's good. I don't think it will be, but like there is a chance and yeah. cool. Great. The thing the I want to bring so up. so low. <laughs> yeah, Kev. I mean, it, the bar's getting higher. Yeah, like the, no, that's true. The, Honestly, like with true. things like Mortal Kombat and Sonic the Hedgehog and Detective Pikachu, it's like you can have your thoughts on those games and maybe like I know they're divisive to mega fans or, or just to anybody, honestly. But at the end of the day, we're in a different echelon of video game movies than we were 10 years ago. Uh, but Kev, can you bring up the link that I posted at the top of Story 5? Sure. So the thing that I find most interesting about this is the way that they're branding this game. So... This image that they posted here, uh, the Division Heartland, Heartland, a Ubisoft original is what they're calling it. And I'm wondering, is this a hint at what's to come for Ubisoft? Like, is Ubisoft going, are they trying to PlayStation Studios this? Where mm. are we going to see uh, Assassin's Creed, whatever the next a one Ubisoft is, original. a Ubisoft original, Rayman, a Ubisoft original, like, you know, going forward with all the Ubisoft games? Because for years, we've talked about Ubisoft games as a thing. But are they kind of taking that on and just going to own it? I think that's actually really interesting. And I think it puts Ubisoft in a unique position that continues to kind of make them stand out as way more than just a third party uh, publisher, right? Sure. Like when, especially when you look at Activision at this point and like, you know, I have many bones to pick with Activision's decisions in the last couple months, but what does Activision do now? That's not call of duty. They're just call of duty. And then there's the blizzard side where it's like, cool. They're Call of Duty, Overwatch, and then, you know, the different versions of, of a craft game or a Diablo or this or that. Activision itself, though, what are they going to be? Whereas Ubisoft have countless titles. And if they brand those in a way that they're Ubisoft originals, I think that that's pretty cool. Yeah, I think, it, you know, owning the fact that you're different and owning the fact that you're making these in-house and making that again in the same way we're talking about playstation studios right making that branding matter is what it's all about and if yeah mm -hmm. you're driving home when people turn on the next assassin's creed the next division the next splinter cell one day uh and it says a ubisoft original that works right that does drive it beyond oh these people are publishing this these people are making it and that means something and it's a you know symbol of quality which of course nintendo knew from way back in the day yeah, but the Nintendo thing is they gave that to every game. Oh, I know. Right? I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, you know, actually, it, it would make it mean something. But I'm saying, totally, yeah, yeah. totally. And I, I think that's exciting. I think it's really exciting if they they really made it mean something, and it wasn't just any Ubisoft game was the Ubisoft original. But they're like, it, that means something. Like, it does mean what we all think when we say Ubisoft game, for better or worse. But hopefully, that gets better over the years. For me, it's better. You know what I mean? 
Kevin yeah. and me love a good Ubisoft game, don't we, Kev? Yes, it's true. I'm worried about your voice, Kev. I'm worried about it. Drink some tea. Drink some tea, okay? Nah, I'll be fine. Oh, God, here we go. Number six. Oh, excellent. We're you know, obviously running along in the tooth here. Let me give you three PlayStation stories. We'll go through them. These were headlines we're going to talk a little bit about, but I can boil them down for you. Number six, there's a PlayStation Store lawsuit that's been filed. This is Robin Bernson over at Bloomberg. In a proposed class action suit, the gamers said Sony stopped allowing third-party retailers, including Amazon.com, Best Buy, and Walmart to sell download codes for PlayStation games two years ago. As a result, Sony's PlayStation Store became the only source of a, of a digital only source for digital PlayStation games, the consumers say. So they're out there trying to get a monopoly uh, class. They're in a class action suit saying that PlayStation's a monopoly. It's very interesting, obviously, as the Apple Epic thing goes on to see this one filed. We'll pay attention to it and see if anything comes of it, but we'll have to wait and see. Then number seven, don't get excited because it sounds exciting and it gets boring. Number seven, PS5 redesign. is There's a PS5 redesign reportedly in the works, but it's just for the internals. This is Alex Newhouse at GameSpot reporting on a, another report from Japan. Uh, or actually Taiwan. Uh, the PlayStation 5 may be getting a new design in 2022, but it'll likely be limited to its internal architecture due to the global semiconductor shortage the ps5 cpu might get swapped to help scale up production again there's more there's only one place reporting on it it's a rumor playstation did in a uh, in a financial call make an offhand comment that they might look into something like this uh it's not I, you know the redesign you get excited what it would look like oh it's just internals which isn't as exciting but then it kind of gets exciting because how many of you don't have a playstation 5 i would love to have a playstation 5 yeah so that's the thing that is very exciting news getting more of these in the wild is of the utmost priority um I, for everybody and 2022 doesn't sound great that's the only kind of downside about that where damn they're gonna start upping it next year mm. yeah but, we'll hey, see. better than we'll nothing continue. And then final, uh, number eight, it was going to be, it's a question, I guess, to, for Tim and Kevin. There's a link here for you to show. Should we get excited for Game Boost? I go to Push Square, who I did not write down the author, and I apologize. Uh, Sony's released a new, new miniature PlayStation 5 teaser trailer dedicated to the console's Game Boost feature, which is a marketing buzzword for the way in which backwards compatibility enhances select PlayStation 4 games. Obviously, we've seen this with the likes of Days Gone and Ghost of Tsushima, transformed with post-release patches, and it's cool. It's just overshadowed by Microsoft's superior efforts. This trailer then has captured a lot of attention online. Many have pointed out the inclusion of Shadow of the Colossus in the footage, which is a release that hasn't specifically been patched to run better on PlayStation 5 yet. Although, like all games, it uses the next-gen console's hardware to smooth out any issues that were present on the PS4 Pro. There's also a Game Boost logo at the very end of the trailer, which has never been seen before. Uh, they say this is what it looks like. Bam. There it is if you're watching. If you're not watching, <laughs> it looks like a dick. Uh, it looks like a fucking dick. <laughs> uh, we must admit this branding is curious, so perhaps Sony has a plan to make a bigger push around it moving forwards. As for the trailer itself, though, and then they go on to talk a little bit about it. Uh, they have a Game Boost logo, Tim. Are you excited for more games getting Game Boost? extremely excited for more games getting game boost uh that logo dick aside like is bizarre doesn't feel sony like doesn't feel playstation at all i'm surprised playstation's not in it somewhere um playstation needs to step it up with this stuff xbox is killing it at the end of the day though playstation has the games and mm. these are the games that i'd want the boost for the most right so yeah. it's unfortunate they, there's a lot of issues and i think that we're seeing it more and more with the mass effect putting out their chart yesterday right of like how it's going to play and all the different variations of consoles and it's just it's unfortunate that the xbox is just trouncing the playstation when it comes to options uh when it comes to tech and we're at a place now that 1440p matters to more people than ever and is just because it doesn't matter to you doesn't mean it doesn't matter to a lot of people out there especially when we're talking about things that 
should just kind of be standardized when your competition is doing it and just destroying you in every way when it comes to that type of uh, FPS boost and all that shit. Tim, I'm excited mm-hmm. to see if more games get the PS uh, and penis game boost, but the penis game boost is so far away. If I wanted more something happening quicker, where go me? Oh, God. Uh, the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily show host each and every weekday. Yeah. Out today, Metro Exodus Enhanced Edition is out on PC. GTA Online is getting gun running continues to be a highly lucrative business this week in GTA Online. As players can now score double the rewards in mobile operation missions and $100,000 GTA bucks bonus for completing any of these missions. Arma 3 creator DLC SOG Prairie Fire launches today on Steam. Uh, oh, and I didn't, I, oof, gee, I didn't do that, man. I'm off my rocker today. You know what I mean? Hold on. I didn't actually throw open. I, I, I was all from my inbox. I forgot to go to the good old Kotaku to see what was up on the actual game list today. Uh, it's Thursday. Uh, it's also coming out today. Raiden uh, 4 Cross Mikado is on Switch. Skate City is on PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Non Guns Doppelganger Edition is on Switch. Farm Manager 2021 is on PC. Cyber Hive is on Switch. Beach Bounce Remastered is on Switch. Techno Tanks is on Switch. Poker Pretty Girls Battle Fantasy World Edition is on Switch. And My Little Fast Food Booth is on Switch. New dates for you. Uh, Demon Skin is uh, coming out on September 30th on PS4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. Uh, Super Animal Royale is launching uh, an early access on Xbox Game Preview on Game Pass, uh, and Game Pass, I should say, sorry, June 1st. Uh, Game Pass subscribers will have free access to the Founders Edition on day one. It's also coming to consoles, other consoles, later in the thing. Uh, Crash Bandicoot on the run, Season 2, running out of time, launches May 6th. Uh, Imagine Earth has a Steam release date. It's going to be on Steam uh, May 25th. Uh, the Amazing American Circus will hit uh, PC and consoles on August 12th this year. And then Going Medieval is coming to early access June 1st on Epic Game Store, Steam, and GOG.com. Deals of the day for you. We have some free play days for you. Uh, Peaky Blinders, Mastermind, and Hunting Simulator 2 are available for Xbox Live Gold and Xbox Game Pass Ultimate members right now until Sunday, May 9th. Well, I guess Monday at midnight would be the way to do that, right? Is that how that works? It's always confusing. Sunday, May 9th to 11.59 p.m. All right, I get it. Midnight. But if I said midnight Sunday, <laughs> do you think midnight, uh, you know, Saturday? It's confusing. Ah! Uh... That's all of it. That was the show. We did it. We got there. We landed we the plane. It. Okay, good. Yeah. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this has been kind of funny games daily. Nobody wanted to squat up, apparently. Uh, let me say, let's see what we got wrong. Uh, remember, if you're watching live on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games, you can go to kind of funny.com slash you're wrong. Tell us what we screw up as we screw it up. Uh, that Gree uh, writes in and says, uh, Kina is pronounced Kena. And then sources the developer's Twitter. Now, here's the problem, of course. First off, train way out of the fucking station on that one. Sorry, you're not allowed to take it back when we've been calling it Kina forever. Also, posted on April 1st. Was this the developer being funny? Was it a real thing? I refuse to believe it. And if the developers want to go ahead and repost on a different day, I'll believe them and I will do it. Uh, That's not wrong. Uh, Nanobiologist points out the Trophy Room podcast is in fact live. You can go listen to me talk to uh, the Trophy uh, Room folks if you want to hear another PlayStation podcast with Greg Miller on it. It's out right now. And then uh, Nano also says we missed a new date. World of Warcraft Burning Crusade Classic opens the dark portal to the Outlands on June 1st. (laughs) I know you're all about that, everybody. There you go. Uh, real quick, I want to say you can go to kindoffunny.com slash store. Um, uh, a suite 
of kind of funny pride shirts are up now and they're very what? very cool yeah we got uh the 2021 edition of the pride shirt uh new design andy made uh and on top Show of that cap. there is also a bi shirt and a trans shirt oh these are dope so yeah cool stuff you can i'm gonna check have to order out. my own because i know joey probably has them hoarded in her fucking room she won't bring them over here for four months i know how she works and uh, a portion of the proceeds will be donated to out use Jesus so that's pretty cool stuff <laughs> You're like, this really sweet thing we're doing, this awesome thing is important. I just turn it into a way to attack Joey more. <gasps> Kindofunny.com slash store. That shirt looks awesome. Good job, Andy, mm-hmm. right? Andy? Mm-hmm. Good job, Andy. Um, ladies and gentlemen, that's Kind of Funny Games Daily. Remember, each and every weekday, we come to you with the nerdy news you need to know about. If you like that, go to patreon.com slash games where you can be part of the show. You can get the show ad-free, and you can go get the exclusive post show Tim and I are about to do. Remember, if you're watching live on twitch.tv slash games, thank you for your support. Consider subscribing. Uh, up next is going to be Blessing and Andy playing more of that Resident Evil 7, I do declare. Uh, uh, what then? Uh, that's all good. If you missed that stream, you can catch it at youtube.com slash plays, our brand new uh, Let's Play channel where all of our streams go up after they're done. Um, and if that wasn't enough homework for you, tomorrow, Jason Schrock uh joins me for kind of funny games daily so get your questions in for him and of course uh, his new book press reset and of course the news of the day when all that starts happening tim are you excited for a post show i'm very excited i'm also excited that these shirts there's so many options you can get them in in multiple colors that's cool yeah. shit i like that i'm very What's excited for this <sighs> choice uh, ladies and gentlemen until next time we got a post show to do so it's been our pleasure to serve you